Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode four of TikTok. I'm Brandon, here with Jimmy, as always. And today on this episode, we would like to talk a bit about um, the history of Tourette's syndrome and basically um, how it was named. And we also want to uh, speak about some lesser known facts and maybe um, misunderstood information about Tourette's. So I hope you enjoy. Hi, Jimmy. How are you doing? I'm great. It's been a great week. It's finally warming up here in uh, in Ottawa. <laughs> yep. Getting lots of activity in, which is positively benefiting Tourette's and everything like that. But I'm excited to get to talk to you today about the history. Yeah, it's going to be it's it's interesting actually. So, and and a little bit. I mean, at the time, probably not funny, um, but for us looking back. I think uh, it, it can be pretty funny here. So, um, yeah, I, I've heard. I don't know a crazy amount about it, but I've heard that it got crazy. People thought, thought that people with threats were possessed, and there was yeah. some some real stigma. Probably a lot more than yeah. we're dealing with nowadays. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and definitely, um, you know, way less understood. But yeah, I mean, basically, going off what you just said, uh, the first time that anything resembling Tourette's syndrome was was ever um, like described or written about was in the 15th century, and the book uh, that it was that it was written in was called translated to Hammer of Witches. All right, and uh, <laughs> so, so there was a there was a priest who had uh, Tourette's. Well, what we, you know what they would think uh, is Tourette's, um, mm-hmm. and his tics they were believed to be related to. Uh, being possessed by the devil, right? Wow. So it was that serious. And I guess <laughs> I guess for them, because it was a priest as well, uh, it, it might have made things a bit more extreme in terms mm-hmm. of in terms of uh, their fears. So yeah. I, I, I came across that when I was doing this research, and I thought that was pretty interesting. That So it started out as being possessed. What was the book called? Um. I honestly, so the actual name of it, the translation, the translation hammer of witches and the actual uh, name is malleus maleficarum. So that was in the 15th century uh, that was written. And uh, so, uh, you know, in between that book and the, in the 18, late 1800s where it's actually, I don't want to say discovered, but finally maybe researched a little bit. I don't know. There's not really much in between about about the history or how I, I imagine that it probably went on for a while where people uh, thought it was possessed possession. Right. And that was probably it was probably terrible for anyone with Tourette's. Like, I don't know, honestly, about how they were treated, but if it's anything like witches or, you know, I imagine it was not very good. Well, if you um, treat it like the, um, the statistic, if you go with that one in a hundred, mm-hmm. I'd say maybe one in, in a couple, one in three or four cases of people with Tourette's go is like severe. And yeah. those people were probably not treated well. 
no, given no. given this given the the whole witch thing and how we used to treat witches yeah so um so you know as we go forward um in the late 1800s a gentleman who people are probably more familiar with uh, and and I don't want to I'm going to butcher his name cuz I'm not French but Gil Gil de la Tourette right okay. Jill so, mentioned him in our last podcast. Yeah, she did. And she said it with a way better accent than me. Um, right, I'm going to have a go at it. Guy de la Tourette. Oh, okay, there you go. Yeah, Guy de la Tourette. So, uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not bilingual at all. But um, so in, in his, in the medical journal that he wrote in, um, and again, it's French, so I'm not even going to attempt it. Uh, in 1885, he described... Uh, what he described as a bizarre neurological condition. Um, uh, and he called it maladie de, de tic. Okay. Mm, so like malade de tic. So it's like a tic oh, sickness. Okay. There yeah. you go. So good right. thing that we have a translator here. <laughs> to, to a very, very rudimentary yeah. level translator. Okay. okay but that's good. So that means, what is it? Tick yeah. sickness? Well, malade, malade, like just suis malade. I'm sick. Yeah. Okay. So. Perfect. Uh, and so how we came, how we came to that, uh, I guess, diagnosis or, you know, condition that he named, um, it was based on observing nine individuals, uh, that had different features of, um, you know, stereotype movements, uh, echolalia and coprolalia. So I imagine that in this, uh, in this research, it was probably also uh, individuals with pretty severe tics and, and symptoms. Because yeah. I'm thinking they, you can kind of skate by. If all you do is blink and sniffle, you could probably skate by. Yeah, especially back then. I mean, they would probably yeah. like stick, uh, you know, rattlesnakes on your eyes or something to get you to stop blinking. <laughs> they would do, right? Something awful. Like, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but he, uh, so he, he, you know, observed these individuals and he, he was right about a lot of the things that he concluded that uh, it was childhood onset heritability um, and that these movements were, you know, pretty, you know, uh, not consistent throughout everybody, but they were all similar in the way that, right. they, that, they, that they acted. And, um, but the one thing that he did get wrong was that he speculated that the disorder actually was a caused by degenerative, um, nerve damage. Mm. And so he thought it was like nerve spasms. Yeah. Like the nervous system was, uh, was degenerating and Mm. was weak, which was, which is wrong, right? That's incorrect. But this is also interesting. The reason that he thought people's nervous systems were degenerating like that was because of immoral behaviors of previous generations. So they were like suffering this way because their parents or their grandparents (laughs) were immoral. Right. So it's like a little bit of this. Oh, how did he come to that? I know. Like he, he was so you know, so accurate with, with, with this stuff. But then again, they always kind of, I guess when they don't have answers back then, they would just reach for some sort of religious explanation or, or something. Karma. Um, 
<laughs> yeah. So basically, we're paying for our parents' uh, bad karma. Is what he is what wow. he thought. So well, I'm sure he would be relieved to know that that is actually not the case. Right. And and again, we're not being punished during during that period of time uh, in, in <laughs> 1800s. It was believed that all mental illness was caused by you know uh, evil spirits or right. wrong deeds. So it, he just was just kind of going with the what was known mm-hmm. or thought to be known at the time, I guess. But it seems like he did a pretty good job of grouping it together with the symptoms and things like that for the for the time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and so as I said, uh, the condition he in, originally named it, you can say uh, maledictus. Um, yeah. But but so and he, and he was studying under. A doctor named Doctor Charcot or Charcot or however you say it in mm-hmm. French. Is he um, from Quebec or, or France? No, I I think it's yeah France. Um, mm. And um, so, sorry, yeah, sorry. Um, so be, there was there was this. Oh my the god! Guy he was I studying lost, under. I, I ju- yeah, I just lost my train of thought. So the guy that he was studying under um, was, you know, got him into this type of research because okay. uh, Doctor Charcot was mm-hmm. also interested in, um, you know, neurological type uh, disorders, and so that's what got um, Mister Tourette, uh, Doctor Tourette, I guess, excited right. about it. Um, but so what happened was that um in 1893 so this was about eight years after the the first article that he published about it um he was shot in the head by a psychotic woman named rose camper okay and she was she claimed that that she had been hypnotized um at the hospital that mr Tourette was working at and now she couldn't make a living, so she was upset, and she uh, shot him in the head. He didn't die from that, but uh, it uh, it really did uh, put uh, you know a bit of an end to his to his I research that. at that time. Mm-hmm. And um, being shot in the head will, will will put a little bit of a damper to your life. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, you know, and it's sad because you know he was working hard at this stuff, and yeah. um, and then and then. You know, not too long after that, he developed uh, what, you know, they didn't actually have a name for it, but what they think is depression and dementia and uh, and a, another, you know, some other neurological illnesses that uh, made him leave his work in, in 1901. And he was admitted to the hospital in, uh, for mental illness in Switzerland. And then he actually, and then he died a few years later in 1904. So it was a pretty wow. quick decline um, from his first article in, 19, uh, in 1885. And it was because of 1885 that. 1885 was that article? Was the first article, and he died so was, in, ni- in 1904. He was shot in um, 1893. So Was his first article the one and only? The That was the most famous article uh, that, you know, basically laid out all of his findings i uh, i wasn't i'm not sure if he if he published anymore in between um, right. i didn't i honestly didn't check but um so like that was really sad and at that point 
the uh, disorder was still called melody de tics and so his dr charcot was uh still alive and renamed the disorder uh tourette syndrome wow because because it was his um student that actually you know discovered this or first wrote Mm -hmm. about it so that's where it gets its name actually after a terrible uh, uh, 10 years that right. Tourette had to go through. So, But without, yeah, without him, who knows where we'd be with Tourette's, right? Yeah. I mean, he, uh, you know, other things that he, that he did note in his report um, was that the, you know, that the, that the condition affects more boys than girls, which he was right about. Yep. Uh, that the ticks typically emerge between the ages of four and six, uh, which he was right about, and that they peak in the age of ten to twelve, which I I mean that seems to be everything we know now. It's similar yeah. to that. So he Pretty was like, accurate. He was right on point with most of this stuff, um, and I mean it was him that started that. But again, after all of that happened and he died um it kind of just went unstudied again right and it's only been more recently that people have um, started to look at Tourette syndrome again and i think that's why we're when do you think it kicked back up after him um when do i think any idea no um i don't have i feel like very recently is when it's gotten yeah any real traction as far as the public yeah like i could say if i was speculating and it's like a wide range but obviously like you know from the maybe the 1950s to now like people maybe were looking at it more but yeah not until like i would say very recently i mean even look at the the, that way that i was diagnosed that we went through you know uh, that other episode yeah it was just a like a piece of paper and a chart. Like it wasn't really that scientific as much as I guess it was science was used to create that process. It wasn't really scientific. Yeah. I mean, I I guess that part probably won't change too. Like you're not going to, you're not going to be able to test for Tourette's until we know where it comes from, which we really don't know very much about. Right. And that's, and that's another thing, right? More, more research (laughs) would like, could could help us figure that out. I'm just yeah. trying to look real quick. Maybe when um, when yeah, the sure. research started. I'm just um, thinking about. I'm thinking about um, how much the public perception has changed since I've been diagnosed, which is not that much, but a little bit. But most people, the vast majority of people, still think Tourette syndrome. You spend most of your time swearing and or screaming. And, uh, you, you know, you're a laughing stock of, of the YouTube and world. And, mm-hmm. and sometimes, you know, Eminem has a, he mentions Tourette's in one of his rap songs. Oh, really? And, uh, yeah. I mean, I have no problem. One, I have no problem laughing about it and no problem right. with people making jokes about it, but that should be the aft of people's understanding, right? We mm-hmm. should... We should group it in with the, I don't know what you could call them, but it's like a, 
a, a world of neurological conditions that Tourette kind of associates. Like, it's almost like if you were to apply a, a heuristic to ADHD, OCD, Tourette's, mm-hmm. there's, you know, anxiety. There's, it's one of those, but people don't see it as that still, right? People, right. it's different, but it's, so is anxiety versus depression. And, so and people depression and, versus ADHD. I, yeah, and I think like you're right. Like people, um, you know, in, in recent years have started to really um, ex- be more accepting of mental illness, right? And um, whether it's depression or anxiety, uh, I think that like awareness for mental illness has really skyrocketed. But yeah, unfortunately, Tourette syndrome kind of it just missed the boat on that. It's lagging like behind. It, it a didn't bit, get to. It? it didn't get to be included with all of that other stuff, and yeah. um, I mean, I guess maybe that's because I, I don't know if you know if people commit suicide, you know, because of Tourette's. Like maybe it's because it doesn't actually. It's not like such a di- like direct harm that you can see or measure. Maybe that's why it it hasn't caught yeah, the same probably affects, attention. Yeah, probably affects less people. Everybody in their life at some point goes through a depressive episode. But, yeah, for sure. And everybody and I, experiences anxiety. Yeah, and I mean, for me, like the tics and how I, how I was experiencing my Tourette's in university, I think, you know, caused a lot of depression. For sure. But not the tics yeah. themselves, right? It was how I felt mm-hmm. alone, and that's why yeah. I was depressed, not because of my Tourette's. So it's maybe, yeah. you know, it's like a an associated condition as a result but not necessarily caused by yeah and nobody can i mean only people with tourette's or people that have been directly affected by it can relate right yeah Um, yeah so it's yeah it's hard for people to understand um so yeah yeah, so um which is why we're doing this yeah so back actually there was um there was a an epidemic um in from 1918 to 1926, apparently that um, caused, it was an epidemic of tick disorders. And uh, so that's when all of this research started up again. Um, early I mean, right, 19- after, right after World War One, there was probably a lot of anxiety. I can that's see right. how people's Tourette's wouldn't be that's very right. easy to control. That's what, but they obviously didn't associate it with that. They thought it was a whole bunch of other things. But, uh, but then in the early 1970s, they started to perform psychoanalysis and uh, to for, to uh, for like a preferred intervention of Tourette's and, and it looks like from the 60s yeah like 60s 70s um, they they really started to to work on it so that's right that's about it and then and now we are where we are which I, you know we could go into that too but it looks like they were trying a bunch of different medications and different things that we don't use now. So, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. maybe it was just more mistakes, but they didn't know. So they had to figure out something, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Where We said where we are now. How would you yeah. describe the current the current state of affairs for Tourette's syndrome? I think that it's it's not good that people have to search so hard to find anything about it. Um, I don't I, you know. We got an email from a listener who lives in an area and they have 
they have nowhere to go for help. And the only doctor that they could be referred to um, was provinces away. Like, and so by the way, away. they don't live in they don't live in the sticks. Yeah, no. that's a populated area, very populated area with many a doctor. Yeah, but no, uh, none of the doctors could help. And, and you know, and that's like um, my doctor growing up when I told him about it. You know, I was in a small town, and he just said, "I don't know what you're talking about." You know, mm-hmm. it's not, it's not that I, I don't know what kind of training doctors get about, you know, um, different mental health issues, but I don't know how much Tourette's syndrome training they would get, or if anybody, if you have to specialize or what. So, yeah, I don't know. I think where we are now is that it has to, it has to take another step. Like it's got to, this thing's got to move in terms of awareness and getting people to to think about it the right way because you know you know we can we have our we have our support groups and uh you know we do what we what we can do to help but if but people have to find us first yeah right so they have to either they have to either know about Tourette's and that they might have it or that someone they know might have it and they have to put those things together and then they have to go out and actively search for the support and it just it's it's so much uh it's it's almost like so much pressure on everybody uh to figure it out for themselves Mm -hmm. that's how i feel about it now how do you feel about it right now well i feel just to echo your statement right we we both know everyone knows who's, who's listening hopefully the cure for Tourette syndrome is awareness. The best way you can advocate for Tourette syndrome is talking about it, talking to other people about it, and you know, wearing it on your sleeve, metaphorically. Um, but it's it's so vastly unknown, and that's part of the reason I think why the mainstream hasn't caught on. Because when you ask somebody what where does Tourette's happen in the body, and it's like, well, it happens in the brain. Right. Right. <laughs> That's about as far as that goes. And then you look at. Right. Yeah. But where in the what brain, you, so right? No one you, knows. How, how do you treat it? No one knows. Unless no one you're knows. being treated for it or. Well, or... actually, I'll tell you how you treat it. You treat it by doing the same ways you do anxiety, depression. Mm-hmm. You get enough sun, you work out, you eat healthy. And like that's about as far as the treatment goes, which is not that far. But right. the worst thing you can do for your Tourette's is just hold it in. Um, but there's the medications they apply to Tourette's syndrome are in this umbrella of anxiety, ADHD medications. And my opinion, I'm not personally not a big fan of medication. I'm, I know you're not. I know mm-hmm. we had Jill on. Jill is not. There's a reason for our, we're not doctors, but there's a reason for our anecdotal uh, experience and knowledge about it. And it's because all of our experiences were virtually the same. Okay. Let's try this medication. Okay. That, that didn't work and it made us feel like crap. So we're not going to do it. And there's, they were just experimenting. Yeah. And I think that, um, like you said, I, we, we both have tried medication for this and some work better than others to manage the tics. But, you know, the side effects were sometimes, uh, you know, 
just as bad or worse than the ticks. And uh, I think I find personally that there, like you said, there are other ways uh, that don't include medication that can that can treat the ticks or manage them way better than than medication without any side effects right like working out or getting outside being active Mm -hmm. um, help managing your anxiety and your you know or if you feel depressed managing your mental health effectively which is like you know different for anybody some people maybe they like to read books or you know you know like there's so many different ways that you can manage that but it's really just about minimizing that anxiety uh, minimizing the stress that you're feeling at any given time. And, yeah. and I find that that's like, that's going to be the only way unless you want to exactly take medicine it. and live with the side effects. But, and that medicine may very, may very well not impact your Tourette's at all, but right. that's exact. That's exactly it. And I've been wanting to talk about this for, for a, a while and I'm happy we are, but if you are an unhealthy person with, you know, the normal depressive, uh, you know, ebbs and flows that, um, normal people go to go through those experiences get heightened, whether it's, they get, you you know, you're worse when your Tourette's is worse or you're better when your Tourette's is like better mentally when your Tourette's is better. And, but they, they directly correlate. You can directly Mm -hmm. correlate when I am, uh, having too much caffeine and my Tourette syndrome or when Absolutely. I'm overworked and my Tourette syndrome goes up. So at, at, let me interrupt. Sorry. let me just sure, say like ahead. that, you know, there were times, um, before I really understood much about my Tourette's where the, you know, and I, and the medication wasn't necessarily working and I couldn't figure out and I would self medicate, right. Alcohol, stuff like that. And that is just the absolute worst thing that you can mm-hmm. do. Because yeah, it, it gets just, so much it, worse. Well, yeah, just, you know, as, um, you know, in the moment, maybe you feel better, but uh, it makes everything worse. It makes your anxiety worse, uh, your depression, and, and then ultimately your tics get worse. And it's a cycle. It was a bad, that's, you know, it was yeah. a bad place then. And that's also a problem where, like, if you yeah. can't get help, what are you going to do? You try to help yourself, and then it, it gets everything worse. So, so one thing I would like to say, too, is is people... I've had a lot of people talk to me about Tourette's and a lot of people are almost longing for a, a cure, like a, a quick, not a quick fix, but like a, a cure, like a definitive cure or a, mm-hmm. we've tried medication. We've tried this. We've tried like this kind of therapy and this kind of, it's like, okay, you're seeing a cognitive behavioral therapist four times a week, but you're also eating McDonald's six days a week. Yeah. Like you have to, when you have Tourette's, you have to pay more attention to your health because your lifestyle is gonna yeah 100 percent. that's it um yeah and like that that, yeah that's just like what i was saying with your managing your mental health you know your health and your mental health your physical health your mental health it's all connected and you know even like in the winter time taking some extra vitamin d or something could help so much more than taking the antidepressants that your doctor gives you yeah yeah. Like for your tics, and that's the you know, it's something exactly. so small. Eating, eating something, you know, eating better, you yeah. know, changing up your snacks, your snacking habits from junk yeah. food to to health food, right? Yeah, and or, and, or and, doing and, it only after like nine o'clock or something. Whatever, something yeah. 
reasonable where you're not going to be experiencing these sugar bombs throughout the day. Yeah. You know, and it, and, and it, uh, you know, and with that, the side effects or the effects are, um, they're only benefiting you in other ways too. Right. Like it's, it's just good practice to do that. And then fortunately a bunch of good comes with it too. And the, I mm-hmm. mean, the, the thing is though, it's not, we don't want to like shame, uh, anybody who, you know, doesn't manage their mental health well, or doesn't know how, or their physical health, because it's not the, the reason that they have Tourette's is not because of the way that they treat themselves. Right. That's something that we have to be careful about. Maybe, it's, maybe it's, a severity, the severity sure, of how they yeah, have Tourette's. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But like, um, you know, it's not, it's not, I guess what it's I'm trying to say is it's not, someone's, it's not someone's fault. Like, no. uh, we don't want anyone to feel like, um, it's their own fault that they have it no, and they can we're, fix it we're just speaking, by changing things. Right. We're speaking to people with Tourette's here though. So, and, yeah. and they know, like if you have Tourette's, you know that when you're healthier, it's, it gets better, right? Like it, not better, but it gets, but, it gets, the symptoms get a little bit better. But again, right? again, that's, um, like without the proper education though, like, and, and access to it. Some people with Tourette's right. might, not know, might not know that. that. They n- might not yeah. know that because they've never point. treated themselves yeah. well and th- and they've just lived with it, right? So Yeah, good point. It's good point. Once you do change it, it does help. But again, it doesn't make it perfect because I yeah, think that no. we, we take care of, I, you know, we take care of ourselves and mm-hmm. uh, we still have our tics and we still experience yep. it. But totally. yeah, the severity is manageable that way. And then, you know, that type of, uh, you know, self care plus you know additional treatment like breathing exercises and different things that i think we could probably get into specifically on a different episode just focus on focus on managing ticks yeah um but uh you know there's there's other ways and everything combined can really make a huge difference yeah and some people are gonna be eat extremely well and be super healthy and their tics aren't going to get better because they have a really severe case of Tourette syndrome. But mm-hmm. I guess, yeah, it's, you're right. What you said prior to this, it's not somebody's fault. They have Tourette's at, like, there's no if, and, or, but, you know, I told you my dad tried to pay me when I was a kid. Like, right. yeah, it's, I couldn't, money wasn't going to do it. I was just going to go to the washroom and start taking, there's no amount of anything that you can throw at somebody with, with, um, you know, to get rid of their ticks, and there's nothing they can do to stop it. But this is an important note, what we're saying, which is just the, the same way that you effectively treat everything, most other things in your body is kind of the same way that you can manage your Tourette's. And the only way that people with Tourette's are going to know about that, well, by talking about it and by and trying it. Yeah. You know, yeah, it, like you said, it might work uh, better for others, but uh, I will say that most likely, again, we're not doctors, it's not medical advice, but most likely it will help. And if it doesn't, it won't make it worse. <laughs> so, definitely won't make it worse. So it's worth yeah. a shot, right? It's definitely yeah. worth a shot. But yeah, I think, I mean, I don't know, uh, I haven't done a deep dive into the medical literature about how nutrition affects ticks or different things like that i'm sure there are articles about it but Mm. i would think that if anything was if they did enough research about it i'm sure that like it would be out there 
and and we would we would know about it right like i've never mm-hmm. came across even you know even when i talked to my psychologist about my tics he never said anything about you right. know, eat this don't eat that or you know try this try that um you did know, he I tell know, you at all how you could manage it? Well, he, yeah, we did do, uh, he taught me some breathing exercises, right? We, that's what we focused right. on. Right. But did he mention diet? Uh, no, he didn't. My first doctor, when I was diagnosed, said, uh, try to just like make sure that you don't get hungry. So it was more like keep snacking throughout the day, like make sure that you're, you're not at hungry. And also, I wonder where uh, you know, he's coming from with that. I don't know. And also, make sure that you get good sleep. Sleep, mm. sleep was very important too, and which I do notice. Right, the more tired oh, I yeah. am, then the, the worse they are. Um, and then, like you said, then you drink more coffee, and then it it's it's just a cycle. So it also when I'm working night shifts, you can you can see as yeah. the night goes on, my Tourette's mm-hmm. getting worse. And then night shifts, in combined with caffeine, is a godsend for Tourette syndrome <laughs> for yeah. people for people if you wish you were ticking all the time that's the best way to tick all the time is yeah to, yeah you exactly know, i think if you might you wanna, get twitchy if, in that situation anyway. if you want to know if you have Tourette's just do a night shift and drink a bunch of coffee <laughs> yeah. and then you'll know coffee. quick it'll come out <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so i think yeah we'll um we'll definitely have an episode where we focus um specifically on types of tick management i guess we could call mm-hmm. it yeah call and, it tick management. yeah so and and we'll try our best to have a medical uh you know resources for that like it's not just going to be us saying what we think works we'll try our best to yeah. actually have the research there and present yeah. as many different uh you know, treatment methods that we can. Um, but I think that needs its own episode because it's a, it'll Absolutely, be a pretty heavy, yeah. heavy topic. So, yeah. uh, for the second half of this episode, um, what I wanted to do was just talk a little bit about some facts about Tourette's and, okay. um, you know, some that we might know and some that we might not know, but, Either way, I think they were interesting. So I found the most interesting ones, and I and I and I scooped those up. So do you want to go through some? Absolutely. All right. So this was uh, um. So this list was updated in November of 2020. So it's pretty uh, pretty up to date, and uh, it was it's a from a similar to Tourette Canada, but it's in the States. It's just like an, an organization that, that, that works with Tourette's. So, right. um, so the first one, which we know is that, uh, one in 100 children have some form of Tourette syndrome or tick disorder. And hmm. I thought that was interesting. Uh, the children that, thing. Yeah. That, yeah. That, that, that they specifically said children. And I think that, um, why that is, is because, um, like the ticks usually start around the age of five, in between five and ten years old, right? Uh, and the f- and the first ticks are usually motor ticks, okay. And then, the, even though symptoms can change, uh, okay. Sorry, let me explain this. So, th- the symptoms can 
change and get worse or you can develop different tics and they they can they can go away or they can seem to go away as you get a little bit older into you know adolescence and i think that's why they specify children because maybe they think that like it goes away with, for some people mm-hmm. over time. which i've heard so i've heard I, that that it does go away for some people right. but i almost feel like what what we're going through right now that's almost like it going away we are effectively managing it yeah so exactly and so i looked into this and i found that um another stat here that was pretty interesting is that even though symptoms can change or appear to disappear um the condition is chronic so this is something that like even if you have just the smallest uh least severe case of tourette's that's with like that's for life even if your tics go away or you think that they're gone whatever you know that can causes the condition that's always there so you have that which is interesting um, that they it's interesting that they said children yeah i would really like to see that amended to, to people. people yeah yeah i agree um i agree so the next the next one here um and so i know that we were talking about coprolalia and right. we mentioned in one of our previous episodes that I, I think it was actually our first episode um that we didn't know the statistics on that like on how common that is um, right so i wanted to yes, it was so i wanted to find that and uh what i found was that i didn't have a speci- like a, a a specific number but less than 10 percent of people with tourette's uh swear or have coprolalia so okay so you know what people think about as tourette's is yelling swearing screaming you know Mm -hmm. um, uncontrollably swearing at people or saying rude things um like i mean through the media that's what i always found that that's what that's how it's always presented yes it is i I would say so like a lot of the time i mean that's i i would say that's the that's the most common misconception i would think of tourette's right uh and but it turns out that that's actually less than 10 percent of the problem so 10 percent of people with tourette's or 10 percent of tourette's symptoms basically have 100 percent basically of of news coverage yeah less than 10 percent is less than 10 is what is yeah is 100 percent of the uh well actually so but listen to this so i was watching a show on uh, called it's called Mayor of Easttown. It's a crime show on Crave, and in that sh- in that show, uh, one of the episodes, they were actually talking about the son, uh, one of the characters, who had ticks, and it was not yelling and and all of that stuff. It was what we what we would actually see in a child with developing uh, Tourette syndrome with the blinking yeah. and and different ticks. Well, you yeah, you and, might see you might see the yelling and stuff, but not often. And, uh, but in that show, they, they, uh, well, like, like, like it said before, you know, mostly it's motor ticks that start first and all these other ones develop. But, um, but I, I was actually, when I watched that show, I was like, this is actually the first time I think, uh, watching, you know, a written show, like a scripted show that, uh, that they're actually portraying this version of Tourette syndrome 
that's accurate. And then they went to the doctor and the doctor said, you know, that it was Tourette's. Like it wasn't just wow. some tick disorder. They, yeah, they actually went about it. What really. kind of ticks were they doing? He was blinking and, uh, and stuff like that. Like it the was, same way that we do, like very yeah. aggressively. And- yeah, exactly. It was, yeah, like a tick. And, and they addressed it as that, which I thought was pretty cool. If so, that is uh, cool. I, I mean, <laughs> I'm not, I don't think I'll recommend the show to people just because it's like, uh, you know, it's pretty heavy. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> but that was one, one thing that, that I thought was interesting about it, that they, they portrayed that properly finally. Huh. Um, so, yeah, wow, that's good. So, so it says here, uh, which I thought I would point out because, you know, it would be interesting to note that, um, that no two people with Tourette's have the same ticks, uh, or the same combination of ticks or the same severity of each tick. Each person with Tourette's is different and there's no like, yeah, so there's no, you know, uh, set of ticks that you can get like maybe, you know, oh, I blink and do this and do that. And, and then, then mm-hmm. you know, and it doesn't come in sets. Every single person's different. Every yeah. tick is different. And the yeah. way that the, that the person experiences that tick, it's also different. So, yeah, you know, even though you and I might blink uh, the same kind of type of way, maybe you and I both perceive it differently or feel it differently. So I thought that was important yeah. to note. Uh, so that everyone understands, you know, so that when they're listening, they feel like if they don't have the ticks that we're talking about, it doesn't minimize theirs or, you know, or anything like that. We understand. Well, I think I said this maybe on when you were diagnosing me in the second episode or first episode. I think it was the second episode, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally think that anything can be a tick. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. And like I could have my water bottle and like flick it, and then if I was in the heyday of my Tourette syndrome, that could develop into a tick. For my mom, actually, I was talking to my mom and about um, my Tourette's and about the things that I used to do and and things that I did not remember doing came up. And this was after our podcast with the diagnosis. But apparently, well, not apparently, I do remember this now. But I used to stretch out my fingers like mm. very dramatically yeah. all day long. And I would complain of having like arthritis in my, in my fingers. Right. And then I, I would also take my, my, my mouse, mm-hmm. you know, like for folks listening, we're going to have video up on YouTube, um, TikTok podcast. And uh, you can see what I'm talking about here, but basically I'm just picking up my mouse and slamming it against the desk. And that's what I did. And that was a tick that I had. And I would do it hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times. Um, yeah. And this, yeah. I, I did not remember. Yeah. Anything can be a tick. Yeah. My brother listened to a, to a, the first episode and he was talking to his wife about, uh, well, she, she had asked, you know, were there any ticks that, uh, that you noticed Brandon doing as a kid? Uh, because he didn't, until he listened to the podcast, he had no idea about what I was experiencing you know, through all that time. And Mm -hmm. he actually reached out to me and said, Hey man, like, I feel bad. I didn't know. I I didn't help, but (laughs) nobody knew. I didn't even know. Right. So, um, but yeah, he said that, you know, he mentioned some to me that, um, that I didn't realize, or, you know, he, he mentioned that one, when I played Nintendo, he, he, I guess it was more serious than I even thought. Um, but yeah, anything can be a tick and anything can develop into one. It's really, 
uh, which which sometimes scares me. I won't lie. Sometimes I'll do something and then I'll yeah. I'll be like, oh no, <laughs> I hope that this is, doesn't turn into one. And if you think of it, I so I actually don't really experience that anymore. I don't experience the um, the feeling of like catching things, catching mm-hmm. new things anymore. I have the same ticks that I've that I've had for a long time. And I haven't had a new tick in, in a while, but mm-hmm. I vividly remember maybe it stopped when I was around 22 or 23 that, and I, I remember thinking, seeing something or doing something and being like, Oh yeah, please don't. <laughs> yeah. I, I remember that feeling too. I, I'm the same. I don't really catch anything new. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I do the same ones now always. Um, yeah. So I kind of, I'm used to them and they're just part of me now. Like we talked. It's about. funny that I said that because one new tick that not new tick that I've developed, but one that's recirculating back into my into my my uh, quiver of yeah. Tourette's ticks is uh, biting my the inside of my lip. Oh yeah, that's mm-hmm. the that one's bad. It, you know, you can yeah. bleed and causes mm-hmm. like cold sores and pain. Yeah, or canker yeah. sores, I guess, not cold sores. <laughs> uh, yeah. So. Um, so yeah, so as we mentioned, uh, Tourette syndrome affects males uh, males three to five times more than females. Okay. Um, I think that one's still pretty much unknown as to why, um, but it is what it is, and it's com- That's I think that's common knowledge. Like it's just mm-hmm. people know that. Um, so. I wanted to also say that, um, so this is a little bit uh, of, you know, more scientific as to the cause of what they think might be the cause of Tourette's or okay. know, the, the reason. And they say that it's, it's believed to result from a dysfunction of the thalamus, the basal ganglia, and the frontal cortex regions of the brain, right? Mm. So, I mean, that seems like uh, a pretty... That's very vague. Yeah, like that's that's a lot of things. Um, like the frontal cortex is pretty much... Uh, I think that's basically anything for... What is it? Uh, frontal cortex memory, maybe mm. memory and... Um, like complex, yeah, complex, here. complex thought, <laughs> complex thought and memory. I think, uh, huh. I think that basal ganglia, you know, I only took a couple of neurology classes in university, so I'm thinking back hard here, but let me look. Mm-hmm. I think basal ganglia is, um, is, uh, fine movements, like fine motor skills. Huh. Um, How are your fine motor skills? Do you notice anything? Uh, my <sighs> fine motor skills are great. I play guitar. I played guitar for, um, you know, 15 years or something like at yeah. least it's been really good. So the ba- basal ganglia, um, uh, why doesn't it say, Oh, the function, um, motor, yeah. Motor, motor, motor control. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that sort of makes sense. And of right? executive functions like behaviors and emotions. So, I mean, that makes sense that motor control, and emotions like with anxiety it affects your tics because you get you know your motor control Mm -hmm. you kind of lose it like i don't know if we if we talked about you know we can kind of 
I can figure out the logic behind it, but yeah. Um, but I but still dysfun- don't know. like a blanket statement of dysfunction, dysfunction of yeah. Yeah, I mean, what does that mean? Like, is that uh, the, you know a misfiring of neurons, or is it like right. you know you're missing a part? Like, I don't, I don't know, right? It yeah. doesn't say. I'm sure it's vague for a reason, right? They don't. Yeah, know. they don't know, um, and it's not even that. That's what it is, right? It's believed to yeah. be a result of. So, it doesn't even again that yeah. needs to be researched more so that we know right? until they find out really like the absolute cause until they find out that it almost doesn't even matter where, where it comes from. No, you know? I mean, it, it doesn't because yeah. Like if, if they found out that it is something in the basal ganglia, a very then, specific. Yeah. And then focus thing. on that and, and maybe they can figure out uh, yeah. how to, you know, reverse it or something. But, but just by saying yeah. it's part of the basal ganglia, well, what is that? <laughs> like, yeah. You know, if it's something that, uh, if it was something like some, you know, they're missing their basal ganglia or something, then, then that would be yeah. completely yeah. different. And we're like, okay, that's probably why. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's vague. So, and I say, I say that it doesn't matter not to say that we shouldn't, obviously they shouldn't be continuing to do the research and all that kind of stuff. But I say it from a practical, right. Like front line. Oh, Brandon froze. Are you back? I, I froze. I, I saw I saw you moving. Are you back? Yeah, I think so. Okay, I'll continue what I was saying. I was speaking from the front line kind of person with Tourette's perspective, where no matter where they think it comes from, cool, stay educated, keep mm-hmm. up on the research, but it doesn't matter at all for treating it every like day to day. Yeah, from a practical from a practical perspective, and somebody wanting to just get better or you know manage mm-hmm. it yeah it doesn't really matter but you know they should they should be doing more research in that and um i would like to see some but publicly like done research like um i don't i don't ever see any campaigns for you know research tourette's research like you do with mm-hmm. with different you know uh depression like bell let's talk day raises huge money right yeah but no one does anything like that for Tourette's like yeah the research is probably it can only move so fast because there's only so much money you know spent on it yeah and, and objectively depression kills mm-hmm. you know pretty much 100 percent. and i don't know yeah so. and i'm not gonna sit here and say which is worse or you know like two things can both be bad and with, you know, without having to, uh, you know, I feel like these days, if you say something is bad, then someone else says, yeah, but this is worse or, you know, and I'm not saying any of that. I just would like to see some funding. They both live on equal ends of the crap spectrum. Yeah, you can, you can, two things can be bad at the same time and you don't need to be chirped for it by, you know, by addressing one instead of the the other. Anyways, um, Okay, so this is a, an interesting fact that I wanted to throw in near the end here. Uh, Tourette's syndrome does not affect the does not negatively affect the intelligence of a person. Okay, so I assumed that, but I won't lie. When I was first diagnosed, and I walked out of the doctor's office, my thoughts were like that I was broken or something. Same. 
like my brain was broken, you know, and that was a really hard feeling to overcome. Well, uh, I'll tell you, I can relate 100% to that. That's how I felt when I walked out of the doctor's office. And to be honest with you, I felt that way for many years mm -hmm. following my diagnosis. And I would say I've spent, I'll be fully honest with everybody here and, and you, I've spent the majority of my adulthood trying to rectify, which is not that long, seven years, uh, which trying to rectify those emotions that I mm -hmm. felt when I was in my teens of being dumb and not being able to learn the same as everybody else and mm -hmm. that kind of thing, right? So I've dealt, I dealt a lot with feeling like my brain was broken. Yeah. And it's, that's part of the stigma, right? Like I wasn't, uh, until my, like I said, my brother listened to episode one of the podcast until he heard that he would have had no idea at all of any of this, you know, like he knew that I was on the, you know, worked with the chapter and did some, you know, did volunteering with them and stuff. Yeah. Had, had zero idea about anything. And, and that's because I didn't tell him because I didn't want anyone to know because I didn't want to feel like broken. Yeah. Right? You don't uh -huh. want people to see 100%. it. 100%. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's probably, probably has the opposite effect. And then instead of them thinking, if you tell them that you have Tourette's instead of them feeling, Oh, like he's broken because he has Tourette's. It's probably like, Oh, that explains why he does this and that. But you know, now there's an that's explanation. It. Let's move on. Who cares? Yeah, right. That's where it ends. Yeah. And that, that's, I would that, think that Tourette's actually probably makes individuals who have it a little bit more emotionally intelligent. Well, let me get, because it's good. I'm glad okay. that you said that because the next part of this, uh, is that it says, in fact, most children with Tourette's syndrome have above normal to high intelligence levels. So intelligence, they, like yeah, just broadly intelligence, just broadly intelligence. And I imagine that's based on, um, probably some sort of, you know, just like aptitude tests or something that they did yeah. to kids yeah. with Tourette's and then they scored higher than kids without Tourette's. Would you look at that. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. go around bragging now. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I guess if it's if it's something, right? <laughs> if it's yeah. a win, it's a win. You got to take it where you can. So yeah, it's a big W right there. Yeah. So well, I mean, I'm happy with that. To that's to, interesting. Yeah. Let's we can look into they, that. I'll look into that more and find out yeah. the actual uh, stats about that. Yeah. And uh, and see how they came up, uh, came about that that fact and. Um, I'll talk about that. Maybe I can bring it up next next episode. We can touch back on uh, maybe maybe uh, yeah. maybe maybe what we can do in in going forward is at the beginning of every episode, uh, you know, maybe just bring up a couple things from the previous one. That, well, that we, we have a really good we have a really good example of this coming on the show next, right? Oh yeah, exactly. The next show. Yeah, with uh, with Kevin. Yeah, and he's super smart, and yeah, uh, you know, he has Tourette's, and yeah. I mean, there's proof in the pudding right there. Above average intelligence. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, one person is really smart, so everybody is. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, that's how no. it works, right? I mean, yeah, like I think that um, it. I don't know if 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 somebody said to me, you could have. You know, like, would you, you could have Tourette's or you could have, you could be really smart, but, uh, you have to live with this, 
forever. Mm. Uh, yeah, I would, you're already pretty smart. But, I would well, yeah. I would probably take the intelligence to be honest. I would probably rather I would probably be like prefer to be really smart with ticks, you know, if that was the option yeah. I had. Because yeah, once you can once you can manage them, then mm-hmm. you know it's it's no factor. It's awesome. Yeah, like it's yeah, no factor. That, that would be worth it for me. That's kind of how I explain. I try and boil it down like Tourette syndrome and its impact on my life as a net positive and it doesn't impact my ability to do anything that's right there is nothing that i can't do that anybody can't do because of the Tourette's i mean perhaps in very very severe cases yeah there are some limitations mm-hmm. right however those are those are outliers not only outliers or uh, not outliers but minorities but they are still capable of everything that yeah. that a normal human being is capable of doing. Yeah, I mean there there are some things that could be a, that'll that would be more affected, but definitely uh, every yeah they're all everyone's able just the same. Yeah, with Tourette's and yeah, I mean it's hard. I feel even though that I've lived with it, lived with Tourette's and I've had my experience and 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 you've had yours. Everyone has their experience mm-hmm. um i think that it, it is still hard for me to put myself in a, in a someone's perspective with extremely severe symptoms yeah for me it is too it's yeah. really hard for me to like i understand how you know how why they're ticking and stuff like that but um the experience that they have could like definitely yeah um you know I would like to, I would like to hear that perspective too, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. from somebody. I think the way, the way I would define that level of severity is because I had about two years of my life that were like, I was taking, making my tongue bleed, grunting, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff for like two years, yeah. taking thousands and thousands of times every day. But I would define that as like almost chronic severity where there's whether it's corpolalia or or something else but or or echolalia but something where it's chronic and it's more long term right and they Mm -hmm. don't get they don't get a break Mm -hmm. but yeah i mean i i was yeah and like i said everybody experiences differently some people I, i i uh you know we got an email about an individual who sometimes can't go to the grocery store because she's you know, scared of, um, maybe like hitting objects off the shelves and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and again, that's a different experience than what I had. I, you know, I did and didn't do certain things as well because of my Tourette's and same with you, you know, but that's the point. Everybody struggles differently with different ticks. And, uh, I think like you said though, everybody, you know, hopefully, gets to a point where they can manage them in a way where it doesn't affect their life anymore. Yeah. And they can just do what I really they look want to forward do. to talking to some people with that um level of severity. It'll offer good perspective for us, but also people listening and viewing, you're going to be able to see shining examples of of excellent, wonderful people with lots to say that also have very severe Tourette's. And I think that's why um you know, so I I like the way that we're doing this podcast and we'll be introducing more interviews, but I also like the, 
doing a, maybe a, a process where it's like interview and then a next episode is a discussion between with us and we yeah. can just, we can discuss the interview. We can discuss different things and then jump back yeah. into an interview like the following episode. So yeah. I, th- I mean, I, I like that uh, method. Uh, yeah. If you do too, we can go ahead with that. Um, Absolutely. But I think um, we've probably uh, used up our time here um, for the most part. So yeah, we can we can wrap it up. Yeah. So uh, of course, if anyone has any questions, um, concerns, comments, cr- you know, any criticism or ideas for future episodes. Um, or want to if, be a guest. Yeah, if you know anybody uh, who wants to be a guest or you want to be a guest, email us at tiktokquestions at gmail.com and uh, we'll get back to you right so away. So that's not the common spelling of TikTok nowadays. T-I-C-T-A-L-K questions, standard spelling at gmail.com. That's right. Tick as in uh, yeah. you know what we do. Um, yeah. Also, of course, we have, uh, you know, you can visit the uh, Tourette um the ottawa chapter of uh tourette canada and that's um that is tourette.ca you can go there and find out uh, about any events that are going on you can sign up some good information resources you can sign up for uh, the newsletter and also you can uh, request to join the support group meetings Um, and i want to you know i want to also say that Anybody, because these are virtual now, the support group meetings, so anybody can join these. It doesn't have to be, you don't have to be from Ottawa. Um, If you're in an, you know, if you don't have support groups or any help where you are, you can still come to these meetings. It doesn't have to be from Canada. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It's all virtual. So um, you can just reach out to admin uh, at Tourette.ca and just, or or, uh, info at tsottawa.com. And they can um, send you the link for these meetings. Or TikTok questions. And, and course, we can TikTok point you questions. with some some resources. I also wanted to hammer down. Um, we're going to have a YouTube page, TikTok podcast, where you can see the episode videos. If you're interested in watching us tick or <laughs> uh, look looking to see who we are. In addition to that, we're going to have a large inventory of T-shirts um, that basically describe that one in 100 Canadians have Tourette syndrome and that, uh, the cure for Tourette syndrome is awareness. They're excellent t-shirts made by a local company here in Ottawa, Ontario, and those will be able to be shipped and you can email TikTokQuestions at gmail.com for any concerns about sizing, pricing, Things of that nature, and all of those see... all of those proceeds uh, are donated, correct, Jimmy? One hundred percent of them. Yeah. yeah, so that all goes just, to just, the they go right right back into supporting Tourette's to the Ottawa chapter um, of Tourette syndrome. Uh, yeah, for Tourette syndrome that we um, we use that that money for uh, different events, fundraising events, and uh, different awareness campaigns. Yeah, yeah, and it's just gonna keep. Anyway, we're gonna we're gonna post lots of lots of things, ways that you can support. But uh, that's probably a good spot to to end it there, right? Oh uh, yeah, sounds good, Jimmy. So uh, until next time, take care, man. You too.